Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And this is ZD Donahue. And today we're going to talk about adjustment periods. And I had Mallory over 30 years ago and I still haven't adjusted. Haven't adjusted yet. I, I do remember, you know, there's always an adjustment period. <laughs> no matter what it is. Well, and now we're... And you always think you won't have one, that you're prepared for something. And you're not. Yeah, I definitely... Definitely come to the conclusion of, like, you just never know what's going to happen. That's right. Especially during this pandemic. Well, that's and, true. You know? I remember when Lindsay was, oh, I like two years old. So she was my second child, and we were going to, you know, whatever it was, the tumblebees, you know, and she's in this little tumbling class. And this other mother had had her second child was the infant, you know, and her uh-huh. child was in the class, and we were getting ready to leave, and she's got like this, you know, eight week old or something, 10 week old, I don't know. And she looks at this other mother and I, and she goes, when do you get used to it like this? And the other mother and I looked at each other and we went, well, you don't. You don't, you never <laughs> yeah, used to anything. When does it get better? It doesn't. Yes, you know. No. So, um, <laughs> no, just be prepared. We're being yeah. honest. Like yes. life. Right. But, you know, what's fun is to like get new things in your sewing room and adjust to those. So you used to think it was a pain in the butt to adjust to your new surgery. Now you're like, please let me have the don't take it away to from a me. Surger. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's appreciate some of the challenges we have. All right. So adjustment periods in sewing. And the reason. Well, someone asked. Yes. yes. The reason we brought this up is someone said, is there an adjustment period to getting used to your knee lift? Well, and then the question right after that was, what is a knee lift? Yes. Right. So everybody's always asking what a knee lift is. Um, so what's a knee lift? So the knee lift <laughs> controls the up and down of the presser foot. It is sometimes called a freehand system. Yeah. So you can, with a lever that is, you know, coming down from your sewing machine and on the right side of your right knee, um, press that and lift or lower the presser foot. And there is a mechanical one, and then there is also a computerized automated one. So you could have either. Yeah, so the mechanical one, the knee lift mechanism is in there, and it's actually connected to, like, right. some... Some pulleys and levers. A gear and a pulley and a lever or whatever. So when you push, when you kind of, um, you you nudge that knee lift, you will sometimes get like incremental ups. You can get incremental and you will get usually a faster response. Yes. Yes. Uh, With the computerized ones, they have actually made it so you can get incrementals now where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, half and whole and everything. But... It is a bit delayed because it's like pressing a button. Right, and the noises are different. Like, like the mechanical is like clock, clock, clock. And then the, um, you know, the computerized one is. <laughs> so that's how you'll know. <laughs> Just check those out. One's a click, click, and one sounds like you know, a wheeze. I hadn't even, I hadn't even like realized that there was a difference. Like I remember this being pointed out to me, I think by Joanne. She was like, oh, I like the knee lift on my older right. machine because it's. It's faster. It's faster. It like, seems. Oh. No, it responded right. faster. Well, you know, I didn't used to like a thread clipper because I felt like it slowed me okay, down. Okay, and then let's just right. let's just clarify real quick that this is not the knee power control. Right. Okay, different thing. 
than we are talking about right now. Right. Okay. So we're talking about your power foots on the floor and your knee lift uh, can c- raise your presser foot. You said it's called a freehand system sometimes mm-hmm. because Be- you can keep both of your hands, sorry, on your project and raise your presser foot and lower your presser right. foot at the same time. And the reason you're going to say, but my grandmother's knee lift controlled, you know, the stop and go and gave it. Well, the knee lift was actually it, Re- really it acting as a button. Was in a position, right? The 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 power foot was brought up off of the floor and was inside a ca- in inside mm-hmm. the piece of furniture, usually of right. a sewing machine, and that knee lever, lever pressed up against the foot pedal. Yeah, and so okay. we used to have people be like. What, how much is it going to com- cost to convert my machine right. to ha- have a power pedal on the floor instead of on the side? And I was like, a million dollars here. <laughs> no. Uh, so I would just show them how to dismount the power pedal, you right. know, real quick. But, no, we're talking about raising and lowering the presser foot. And a lot of machines have this now. Uh, and it starts off – so it used to be, like, real exclusive. and It was exclusive to a, so- a, a certain home sewing machine company because commercial uh, machines had this yeah and then there were like workarounds Mm -hmm. you know yeah there were some terrible workarounds things that would like like an attachment you could add on a machine you put this big clunky thing over the back kind of like dental hardware for your it was it was horrible uh, but now it's just built in and a lot of people are listening to us and they are realizing that when they go to purchase a new machine, this is something they should prioritize. We are getting a ton of posts in the group that are like, oh, I got the mm-hmm. – does it start off on, like, the Presto now with the I baby lock? Know. I don't know what the machine is. But they're like, I went up to this one or I started at this one or I got the Brilliant right. or whatever because it's got the knee lift. It saves you so much time. Right. And why – And when we sold mm-hmm. – at one time we sold that brand – that was exclusive and only had it. And they had done supposedly actual <laughs> research. Now I don't know how valid research. I don't know how valid this was, but supposedly it saved you thirty percent of your time. I can tell you oh. I think it saved me more than that. I believe it. Right. Okay, so you just imagine we've talked about this on the podcast before because like Z D won't sew without it. Oh my god, at the shop, if we had a machine set up for a demo and like Z D was doing the demo, God forbid we set one up without a knee lift, you know, because she'd just have a hissy fit, you know. So we always set one up with a knee lift. I have never had a hissy but fit in my life. Imagine <laughs> in the past five minutes. No, uh, so imagine you're at your sewing machine and you're dealing with kind of a you know, finicky project or something, and you want to pivot, you want to, you know, get out of a hole or, or something. It doesn't even scary have to be finicky. We're know? talking efficiency here. Anything. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing, okay, machine applique. Yeah. Give me a break. You know, the foot needs to come up and down and up and down and up and down. So I don't have to go around the back of my sh- machine and around the back yeah, of my machine. Yeah, so, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're a presser foot lever, even if it's, you know, to the right and not behind the machine, right. which is technically maybe a little closer, you still have to lift up your hand. So You have to take it off of your project. I would say, some. so someone said, is there an adjustment period? I tried to use it and then I put it away and I was like, get it back you know so. i think the biggest adjustment period is people will hit it yeah and not try and hit to. it while they're sewing so then what happens is when they hit it they're lifting that foot a little bit and they're they're bringing no, you, that, their, you don't want they're that bringing their thread out of yeah. tension so yes th- 
Of course there's adjustment period. Okay, so you need to be – so how to adjust. Make sure that you're seated at your machine and that your machine's positioned so that you aren't accidentally hitting it. Right. Let's say you have, like, large thighs or your machine – see – like on the big machines, it's sort of funny because I can see that they've like moved the knee lift over from the far right of the machine because mm-hmm. the machine is so darn right. Large, it's it looks know? like it's more to the center of the machine yes. than on the so, edge of the machine. So find the position for your body right. where you don't have to move your leg too much and where you mm-hmm. won't be hitting it on accident. So find that sweet spot. You may need to move your chair. Or scooch your machine on your table. One or the other. That is definitely a thing. This is sure. worth it, everyone. Yeah. This is worth it. So find that space. I, I would do this with people who brought their machines to class. They'd be like, uh-oh, I think if we move your machine over a little bit, you'll be happier. You know, because someone, either way, wasn't hitting it enough or was hitting it too much. And then give yourself just a little scrap fabric and stop every, you know, just start sewing and stop every inch or so. Raise your presser foot pivot try to do a curve try to follow a curve fine do give yourself kind of that little elementary like sewing practice right applique is wonderful for this okay like a wonderful practice remember you know. when you were learning to drive and someone took you to a parking lot there that was empty with no you know obstructions or other you know um traffic you know no, nothing to distract you do that. You know, the other thing, I wonder, I wonder, th- th- I think this is pretty key. You need to set your machine so that the needle ends in the down position. I like the down, okay, I like the down position. I think you need this for the knee lift to start off with. I like the down position okay, no matter I know. what. But go yeah, ahead. So you like the down position yeah. no matter what. But here's the deal. I could see how somebody would get really frustrated if your needle ends up out of the fabric and you raise up your presser foot, right. your fabric's going to slip into if you the go. wrong right. place, right? If you're I mean, used to moving yes. your hands. Yes. So have your needle end in the down position. Good idea, man. Okay. I wonder if maybe somebody I, doesn't. I, I think that's a good, good idea. idea. Yeah. Am I full of good ideas or yeah. not? Okay. Don't say I don't compliment All right. you. Write that Feel down. Feel free to compliment. It's, it's December 14th. We are so ahead of the game, everybody. Okay. So. 2020. You know, yes. We're not behind. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we are. Um, so I would give you, yes, give yourself some practice time. The place that I really like this is when I'm inserting elastic and when zippers. I'm setting in a sleeve. Zippers. zippers. Uh, I mean, I like it all, but I just, I won't, okay. I won't sew without it either. All right, there, don't it, like you. know, to. people are like, well, I don't need that. I am, then you are, must be just sewing something that is straight out plain well, without any issues. So I want to cover, I want to cover yeah. this a little bit. I do think. What if, if someone really is, like, strip-piecing all the time, okay, would a knee lift? Yes. I don't, but they're chain-piecing, they're chain piecing, they're strip-piecing, they're just go, 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 going. I don't know. What? You? They don't lift up their foot to put the next piece under? Yes, guess, they do. They, you yeah. can't, you're not on a surgery, dear. Okay. You have to lift your foot. So, there you so go. So, I just, yep, got so rid of that. Not, well, and you're not, it's not always for when you're in the middle of a project. No. It's for when you're putting that project So even if you're clotheslining, you know, those pieces you're sewing together, you have to lift to get the next piece under. Um, The other thing is... I can't imagine, like, now sewing without it. Okay, I want to talk about a couple other things that can work in concert with the knee lift or sometimes replace it. 
not for me, but for other people. Uh Okay, there is something called the pivot function. Uh And Sarah Gallegos, if you're familiar with the Fonz and Porter Love of Quilting, she's the host there. She's in our group. Uh, She does a lot of stuff for Baby Lock. And she said in a prompt we put out there, what can you not sew without? And she likes the pivot function. So here's the deal with pivot function. If you put that on, if you put, I, I want the pivot function on, however you do that on your machine, and this is on a lot of different brands, every time you stop, your needle will go down in the fabric yes. and your presser foot will raise. Yes. This is what we do with our knee lift. However, when I'm so But how do you get your presser foot to go back down? You start sewing again. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you start sewing again. So that's great. Um... I do like this. I would show this to people with machine applique. Okay. But when I'm garment sewing, it's not like every time I stop, I want the foot to go up. That's right. Okay. So, but however, I don't want to, I don't want to say that this isn't useful, but it doesn't completely replace it for me. However, I think that that point is kind of moot because I don't think that any machine that has the pivot function doesn't have a knee lift. I wouldn't think so um, either. (laughs) Well, and I do like the pivot function depending on what I'm doing. Okay. And then I want to talk about automatic thread cutters. Okay. So people are like, well, I've got to take, you know, I got to take my hand off the the presser foot anyway or have to you know do right. or off the fabric anyway I have to move my hands you know when I'm finished with something on the destiny I hit the scissors either with my hand or with the presser uh, the power right. uh, the, the power, power foot, foot. Right. okay it's got a thread cutter and even if you have the needle set to go down when you cut that thread it the leaves needle the needle up, up. Yes. and then you can just go boop with your knee right. and take your project out of there so I do like that you can raise your needle up let's say you do need to like jump around or something like that um but I love this when I'm like sewing in a hole too yes you know like because you can't let it's any it's any project you can't let go of right that or for fear of letting go you will lose you know exactly where you are or that you know exact positioning of where the zipper is on the knit fabric or whatever. And you it's know. okay. And it's not only about, okay, it's not only about losing, well, the, the needle down is about not losing position. Right. But like also, when you raise that presser foot. When I'm talking about losing position, I'm also meaning you losing yeah, position. Yeah, like of on your hands. Fabric. Yeah. I'm abs- not saying just the machine. Yeah. I'm saying you're sewing in that hole mm-hmm. and you want to keep your hands there. And maybe you're just. You know, sort of walking them along to go around, but you don't want to lose that grip. Yeah, so you've got your, you know, or let's pretend you're lining up two raw edges that are being finicky or being whatever. You got them lined up, and now you want to sew, but oh shit, my presser foot's up. So I have to move my hands, you know. And you just made this I just made it explicit. I did. It's fine. Um... So, yeah, it's, it it really, it makes a huge difference. I guess, though, I mean, I'm never going to say you have to use it, of course. But if you want to get the most out of your machine that you bought because it's got the knee lift, because that is sometimes a a price jump, you know, where, you know, you've you've bought the machine with that. Uh, It's a good price jump. I think it's worth it to... For that adjustment well, period. Well, I just say, don't avoid this. And my goodness, if you bought a machine and it happens to have it and that wasn't what you were looking for, you made a good decision without knowing it. You will be, there's no one, there's no one that's ever come to me 
after I've said, oh, please try it. Just stick with it, you know. Sew with it, you know, 10 times and stick with it. There's no one that's come to me and said, that was really dumb. I can't believe I did that. (laughs) No one is that. They've always said, oh, you were right. I knew you'd be right. Oh, you were right. Okay, the other thing is, if you get a new machine... And you can't find your knee lift, and you think it should be there. Look under your extension table. That's right. If there's an <laughs> extension table, it's probably yeah. Right. I think it was Biz. She was like, "We got our machines. They're supposed to have knee lifts. I don't know where they are." And I was like, "Look under your extension table." Be really <laughs> careful when you get a new machine, and and it's packed in all of that oh, styrofoam. Man. That there's a whole art to you know, and a whole. That's a resume thing. It's a whole thing. I unpacked and repacked sewing machines. No, but it's a whole thing. (laughs) That's a whole industry on, you know, making that foam and packing that and all of that. That, you know, don't throw, I mean, go through it thoroughly. Yes. You could turn that foam over and there could be like, you know, four accessories shoved into their little crannies. Right. Be careful. Don't throw it away until you've been through it. Okay. Um... Let's take a break and come back and talk about another adjustment period. ZD, what's your favorite way to measure yourself? With my easy check tape measure. So tell me a little bit about this. It's the only way to measure myself, I why, think. Why is it so magical? Well, because there's a slide on it. Uh-huh. You actually snap one end of the tape measure into the back of the slide, and then you fit it to the measurement, and then you can unsnap, and the slide remains on the place that you've measured. So if you're trying to measure your arm, right, or your underbust, right, or your thigh, or your head, or your head, oh yeah, the head, right. definitely. Well, and you know, measuring yourself is one thing, but even measuring somebody else, what it does is it marks the spot, basically. Where the measurement is, and so if I'm, and this happens to you, that you're measuring somebody and they start talking to you and you're like, was that 21 or 23? Oh, my gosh. Right. Where with this, you know, the slide has marked it. I also have heard feedback from customers who say, I am sending this to my daughter or, you know, so that she can measure my grandchildren and it will be accurate. Right. Right? Well, we've actually had trainers, too, that that bought these, you know, for their customers or they themselves use it for their customers or it was a male trainer and a female client. Uh, He didn't have to put his hands on the person or whatever. Also, this tape measure when you use it with a snap it's impossible to work from the wrong side that's the other thing yeah i was gonna say you can't measure from the 60 end you have to measure from, from the, the zero, one end from the zero, zero end. Yes. right right and i said 60 but um you know it also has the millimeters on the other side too so yeah. you, you've got um you have imperial, imperial and you have metric metric uh, right and so the easy check tape measure makes it very simple when you are trying to measure yourself uh and you just don't want to be fumbling around well and i think you know the thing is don't order one because if somebody sees it a husband or right? a daughter or just a friend i mean honestly at Christmas time, I would put this like in almost everybody's stocking stuffer, and I think it's a great thing to like send away to college with people, things like that, where Fabulous. You, you want yeah. something measured. Well, if you're interested in your own Easy Check tape measure, you can see a video on how it works at sewhere.com/tape-measure, and you can check it out for yourself. Sew, 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 sewing out loud. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, we're back. So we've just done a, an episode on differential feed mm-hmm. on the serger. But I think definitely a serger adjustment period is like a valid thing. Yes. And... Something I saw so much when we were dealers that people, I would show them everything they could do with a serger. They were like, yes, 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 yes. And then sometimes people would come back and be like, I haven't used it. I'm afraid of it. I'm not sure what to use it on. Which you is know? so funny. Yeah, yeah. And and that would, I think I really took ownership over people's sewing experiences. So I would feel terrible <laughs> that, they, that they hadn't used it, right. especially when it is something that, like, you and I use, like, every day. Right. Uh, but, you know, one— And she's serious every day. Uh, you yeah. know, sometimes I use it more than the sewing machine on yes. certain days. Yes, De- Depends on what I'm making. Yes. Um, but, yes. So, the serger, one of the biggest things that people would sometimes get confused about was how you dealt with seam allowance. Right. When you were using the serger because you're cutting. Okay. And I had one customer who, you know, we had to talk about this like a lot. Okay. So you do cut off some of your seam allowance with your serger. Okay. But that doesn't mean that what you cut off was your seam allowance. You also have seam allowance that's left on the garment or the whatever, the project. Okay. So as you, when you go to make like your first garment, Okay, you're going to make a T-shirt, and it's right. got a 3 eighths inch seam allowance. You're getting your stitch. You're doing your testing. You've messed with your differential feed, and you know all about how to do that. Okay, you need to basically figure out the distance from your needle, your leftmost needle. Your leftmost needle. To whatever, 3 eighths inches to the right, right of that. And then that's where you need to be guiding the raw edge of your fabric. And you're going to cut off some, and you're going to leave some within your overlock stitch, and you will be correct because your needle will have been landing three-eighths of an inch from the raw edge of your fabric. That's right. But we, the, I, I don't know. I know this has happened for me when I'm trying to understand a new concept, but she was, like, so worried that she was taking off too much. Right. You know, she was like, but if I do this at the five-eighths inch mark, 
I'm cutting, but then there's some left on. And I'm like, no, 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 it's taking that into account, you know, so it's okay. A lot of times <laughs> I would take a piece of fabric and draw all these lines yes, and yes. go, now this is going to be your cutting line and this is going to be what's left and this is your stitching line. And then we do it, you know, and a lot of times that turn the light bulb on. Yes, it can, you know, it can be confusing. It, no, it can be confusing. Yes. And then there's patterns that give you only a quarter inch seam allowance. Yep. So you can't so take you barely like cut anything You're off. taking like off threads, yes. you know. So it, I mean, that is definitely something you have to get used to. Another thing you have to get used to is you're not going to have just two threads. There you go. Oh, thread. Okay. And you have these things called Oof. loopers, mm-hmm. and you have needles. Yes. So you have to start understanding that you have a knitted stitch instead of what is called a lock stitch on a conventional machine. You also might not be... I, I think what really helps with this is to find some projects mm-hmm. to do on your serger. Like, if you really want to get the hang of using yes. it... Buy a book. Yes. Okay. We used to use that. What is it? Surge Ahead book. I have no idea if that's yeah, written anymore. They all go out. Uh, Some of the best ones are out of print. Yeah. So they all, they, you know, buy a book that has you use the serger so that you're not trying to take some other project that you're used to and like adapt it when you don't have that kind of serger yeah. knowledge yet. One of the best things we had in our, um, our, uh, brick and mortar store was we had sur- what was it surge ahead we called it i think yeah we named after the book is that what we, we went did? through the book oh okay <laughs> yeah that's right it started it started that way it did, yes that's right. it, started it started that, that way, way but yeah. it and you know it was every other saturday okay i think no it was, it was once, once a, a month. month okay but then we started to alternate it you know whatever right. so yeah. we didn't have a surge or club we mm-hmm. had this yeah okay and you came and you did a project yes and the, it wasn't about the project. It was about the techniques. Right. But you did leave with something, whether it was like something simple like an eyeglass case right. maybe. Right. But what was talked about and what was taught was, you know, these specific three, um, you know, techniques or something. And that we talked about technique transfer. So now you know how to do this. Right. Where else would you use this? Yeah, you know? so, so you know, find something. Now, a, a good serger thing, too, are, like, knit garments. Yes. And our leggings class is actually a really good class about, like, sewing with knits. That's a really thorough class. I keep, actually, I keep yes. thinking we need to have, like, a sewing with knits class. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I will use half of the videos from the leggings yeah, class. Because that's a very thorough class. We, I sometimes forget how, yes, how in-depth we went there. Right. So, sewing a knit garment is something that's tailored to the serger. So don't be like, I've been a quilter all these years. And then I went into a sewing store and Mallory showed me the cool stuff I could do on the serger. Now I'm going to go home and try to sew quilts on my serger. That's not what Mallory showed you. Mallory <laughs> showed you neck bands. Although Mallory I've showed, done that. I mean, you can, but <clears throat> I guess my point is right. like get into stuff that's meant for the serger. Yeah. So getting in, getting into something that's meant for the serger, you're right. not, you're, you're not trying to go into like brand new territory, and you know adapting right. something that you. Well, and about. I think that's another thing since you said you you equated quilting with, um, you know, doing a knitted. Okay, so the serger is specific was let's say was specifically brought to the home market to work on 
knits. Yes, we use it on wovens, but you will not get the same kind of stitch result on a woven as you do on a knit. And you need to know that. Okay. Yes. So I've had people say, well, I made this pair of pants woven and I just did them on the serger. And I feel like you can always see the stitches on the butt seam. Yep. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> okay. Or I tried to That's not a surprise to me. It was a surprise to them. Right. But it's not a surprise to me. Yeah, so, you know, you need to use it in the right way. So go right. for it. There are, sometimes there are sewing patterns, too, that are like, this is for the surgery. Right. You'll Absolutely. see it notated. Um, and you can start off maybe even just with finishing. I forgot all about those surgery head classes. They were so much fun. Yeah, it was a yes. good, it was a good class. So you, and you will need to, you need to go listen to the podcast episode where we talk about what to buy when you get a surgery. Yes, that's a really good episode. You know, the then other you'll thing, go home and you'll have this stuff. Remember when we gave our when we did our surger, um, what would what do we workshop call it? our workshops and we would have surger superstar. Yeah, surger and we would have people laughing so hard. We did surger superstar. It was the last workshop we had when the shop was open and that's it was true. Like I just found out I was pregnant with Jerome. That's right. And that was the last in person workshop we did. Yeah. And someone just reshared the YouTube. Video where we were like, we're gonna do the Surger Superstar workshop, <laughs> and I just think about it was so much fun. I also think about sometimes how that was like us running a workshop was like kind of like a big deal. I'm like, oh, I know how I'd market that now. Like I know, I know exactly what to do, you know, and everything. And anyway, you know, maybe one day. Um, when we can all safely get together again, we'll do right. something like that. So when you get the Surger, I. You need to listen to our podcast. Yeah. Probably beforehand, maybe. Get, do This is a thing. Do get right. some stuff. Right. Don't go right. home with just this. Right. Order. Because, <laughs> you know, you're going to need some different threads. You'll need to understand some threads. Um, you'll eventually get into the fun of specialty threads, which we call non-needle threads, that mm -hmm. you get to put through the loopers. And they won't go, they won't fit through the needles, needles. Yeah. they only fit through the loopers but you know they become decorative threads so all of a sudden the surgery becomes this decorative instrument that you didn't think about it being yeah it's such a it's like either the machine is sewing a seam that's like going around my butt or it's doing something absolutely useless and decorative it's like one <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's the most utilitarian or i'm doing like a wave stitch which like no one really needs you don't you know? need it it's fun to have yes yes, yes. I, I love decorative stitches but yes so uh find find surger specific projects make sure you get some get the materials you need because they will be different right from your sewing stuff and you know give it once again you're talking about going to a parking lot well, go yes. to a surger parking go, lot. Well, and, and the give other, yourself you know, some the time. Other, the other thing I see is people a lot of times, you know, on our Facebook page will say, "I want a surger. Should I get this one?" And I really want to say to them, "You should get information. What do you know about what do you know about a surger that you're all of a sudden just jumping into? Should I get this surger? You know, it's kind of scary for me. I I don't. The okay, so we recorded an episode a while back mm -hmm. called Should You Get a Surger? Which one? Which is basically just an advertisement for baby lock surgers. So maybe I should retitle it, but whatever. <laughs> I do. Some people are like, Should I get a surger? And it's such a loaded question. Like, I, first yeah. of all, I have no idea if you should get a surger or not. No, I'm glad I have a surger. Like, of course, you know, but it, it would be like, I want to have 
like a 45 minute conversation well, with you and I mean, before if you're I answer asking that question. If someone owns that surgery and how it worked for them, fine. Like, I guess that, okay, yeah, yeah. And, but, yeah. but should I get this surgery? Whoa. Like, I mean, that's just really hard uh, to, I, to answer. I think it's, I think that actually, so Facebook groups aren't good for a lot of information no joke be careful perhaps specific feedback on a surgery is a good place to get so like if you're trying to decide like a medical decision or a financial decision maybe don't ask a bunch of strangers on facebook but if you say I'm thinking about this surgery. What have you thought of it? Actually, people in the self-zone wardrobe group will give you. People right. take some time to write and, some really and helpful that's comments. Good, yeah, but, but if you should get a surgery, just I, I don't know. I, I like, need yes. to talk to you, and you need more information. <laughs> I don't yes. want to lead you down. I don't. You know. Yes, you should get a surgery if you really think you're going to use it and learn it. Right. Okay. Right. Yes, you you can't take it home and pull it out of the box and go hallelujah. You know, I've hit pay dirt. Even even my best and favorite surger, you can't just take it home and be flying you, you, the next day. You have to. You need lessons. Yeah, you, you need, have to you learn need it. guidance you of some sort. It a yes. little bit. And there's a lot of stuff online out there. So, yeah, watch some videos, you right. know. But there is an adjustment period. However, I guess if you are someone... Okay, I think if you're someone who's going into it being like, I want to make a bunch of knit garments, you might not have an adjustment period. You're going to fly in and you're going to be like, I'm making all these t-shirts. Okay, if you are someone who maybe was a little bit on the fence, you're going to be the one, you know, who is going to have that um, adjustment period. So don't be surprised if you go to make some stuff that doesn't use the serger for a couple days. It's okay. All right, all right. So... I'm trying to think. I, actually, I'm having a hard well, time. What do a, you not use the surgery for? Well, I use it for everything. Um, and the other thing is, it's like clothing construction. The the actual sequence of construction changes with a surgery. Yeah. I think I was going to say, I'm about to make these crazy quilted yeah. Christmas stockings. Mm-hmm. Oh, most of that's going to be on the sewing machine. Yeah, it's going to be on your sewing so machine. So if I was a crazy quilter in general... And I went on a crazy quilting jag and didn't use my serger for a week. Right. Don't beat yourself up is what I'm right. saying. Okay. Um, so, you know, if if then you have a t-shirt week, okay, you're going to be on your right. serger some more. Right. All right. So don't, don't worry if you – it's uh, – a lot of people would come in and shop and – I feel like to justify the expense of the serger, right. they'd want to like replace really do something the sewing machine. Yeah. They'd well, oh, but uh, like you know, I can't buy it unless it replaces my sewing machine. I'd be like, well, that's not yeah. what it does. Well, and I know? used I used the way I used to describe it to people is you have an oven and you have a microwave. You know, they function differently, and I love them both, but I don't want to do without either one. Okay. I am just going to end this podcast with a little PSA about fondant au chocolat. Okay. Oh I think my we're God. done with the adjustment period thing here. I, I'm, con- no, okay. I'm still adjusting to Mallory. Here's the deal. This is like the easiest dessert to make. All right. And uh, it's like it's five eggs. Okay. And then you melt like 200 grams of chocolate, 200 grams of sugar, 
and some butter together. It's like a stick and a quarter of butter. So you melt that all together over the stovetop, okay? And you don't even have to use a double boiler if you're good. You got your five eggs. You whisk together your five eggs, and you slowly add your hot chocolate mixture, okay? And you don't want to scramble your eggs, right, everybody? Right. You know, yeah, so you, you got to be, be real slow. Temper that. Real slow, yeah. okay? And, and it's fine. And then you can you put that mixture, like, in the fridge until you're ready. And then you just pour it into ramekins and bake it. And then you think and, – and then you're supposed to bake it so that the center is still melty, okay, yeah. and the outside's hard. Right. So it's, it's molten in the it's middle. Molten, it's the original it's lava cake, yeah. right? Okay, so you think, this will not reheat well. Mm, and you made too much. No, it does. It reheats amazing in the microwave. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, the microwave doesn't get to the center. Right. To have to heat it up. No. So it's, it, right. was, it was absolutely, I am just so excited. So I love making this dessert, but that recipe makes like, I don't have enough ramekins. <laughs> I do. I know. I, I, need, I need some more ramekins. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I was like so impressed that it reheated well in the microwave. So do you cook it in the conventional oven? When you are baking it and you put it in, you know, to make your house smell nice while people are eating. So, And I, then you warm it up in the microwave the day after when you're having a piece of chocolate cake to make your life special. So it's sort of like okay. making, making my woven garment. I finish the seams on With my serger and they're just so beautiful. Yes. And then I finish it. On my sewing machine, and without those two machines, I could have not had this exquisite garment. It just, it really just enhances your experience. There you go. Yes, yes. Um, I can't wait till I can have people over and make this for them. I, I made this. You should drive it around. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I could. But, like, <laughs> I I made it for the first time. So this is gluten-free, too. No, it has. Oh, oh it I'm has sorry. Flour. There is. There's a tablespoon of flour you in it. You missed that. Well, I you, missed have, that. you could use, like, cornstarch or something. I mean, yeah, I'm I sure you could. There's probably something there else. Almond flour. Uh, hazelnut yeah, flour right, right, or something. Right. Um, yeah, so after you melt your chocolate mixture. Yeah, she loved that part. I'm sorry. Out. You pop in a tablespoon of flour. Um, but it doesn't taste like a gross flour-free chocolate cake because yeah. I hate those. I hate them. It's I hate cold flourless chocolate cakes. <laughs> I hate them. They are such okay, This should be a video. This needs to be on YouTube. Here is what happened. People people <laughs> need gluten-free desserts, which I understand. But then the restaurant industry was like, gluten-free chocolate cake, flourless chocolate cake. We can just keep that cold for a week in our refrigerator. And then when someone orders chocolate cake, we can just pop it out on a plate and it's still cold. Well, it's disgusting, okay? I, so I, nothing against gluten-free stuff, but it's just a cop-out because if they made, like, a fresh, like, actual, you know, sponge cake, it wouldn't just – it makes me so mad. Mallory. Yeah. We can probably conclude this episode. Okay. ZD, so I'm, I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> that I don't what like you say, cold, flourless chocolate cakes. I like warm, carbaceous chocolate desserts. Okay, everybody? Um, ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com.